Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. A monumental episode this fortnight. We, the boys been away for a little bit, to be honest, but episode 5050. The boys, raise the bat to the crowd we do as we hit 50. Who would have thought we would have got here after uh, the trials and tribulations that we've gone through? A couple other things that hit 50 this year. Email, two-pack, floppy disk, and the first chat room. Boys, <laughs> all 50 years old. Us, not 50 years old, only 50 episodes. But... You know, Stony, very similar to the floppy disk. <laughs> Craig, very similar to Tupac. DL, very similar to email. Just always shooting off directives. And old old snags over here, just fucking chatting away in the chat room, boys. So uh, welcome to episode 50. Absolute doozy. But before I get too carried away about floppy disks, DL, what's good, baby? Mate, we are back and back in the studio after having a couple of weeks off from the potty. Our live show at Eternal 59 was an absolutely doozy affair, but good to get back in familiar surroundings. It's good to see Stoney across the the table from me. Boys, when Jenkins JBH got booked for E60, me and Snags had our bags absolutely shoved in and packed, booked flights as well, which was the crazy part. So, uh, and then bloody COVID happened in Victoria. Jetstar uh, could, didn't give us our money back, Jetstar. They uh, gave us travel credits, but that's okay. Me and Snags will uh, get back on there. Maybe the uh, maybe a little bit down the track, we can get all four boys together somewhere in the country. That would be pretty G- fun. GC, baby, call us. Mate, we'll see. We'll see. As usual, we look at the positives of the Runner Back podcasts. The boys being back together is a bloody positive. Celebrating 50 episodes, what a huge milestone for the boys. But before we jump down memory lane... I better introduce the man that joined us way back in episode seven. What a journey. Stoney, what's good? Do you have any favourite moments? Mate, got plenty. Just just being here is a favourite moment, DL. I didn't think we would last 50, <laughs> let alone me and the stat man. Uh, just getting an invite back the next week was a win in itself. But um, as you said, mate, a couple of weeks off out of the studio. It hasn't felt like we've had a break, to be honest. So much happening in the chat, so much happening behind the scenes. Uh, full steam ahead, as you said, COVID throws a little spanner in the works, but uh, the show must go on. Oh, boys, it feels like a crazy episode seven you guys jumped in, but I still remember the conversations uh, Dale and I were having over WhatsApp of like, do the boys deserve the call up (laughs) (laughs) after after the first app that you're on? And, uh, well, boys, I'm glad we decided yes because it's been an absolutely delicious ride and uh, even more delicious is the stats that's come out of this man's mouth. Stat man, talk to me. I, like like you said, like looking back at the uh, the hotel room in Melbourne and, and seeing where we are now, uh, very, very exciting to think that the last time we were doing a, a, a podcast was me and DL interviewing a fighter who was training and fighting for a title. Very, very exciting. Stoney, you and I, we've uh, interviewed a UFC star. DL and, and Snags have interviewed UFC fighters. Kind of crazy, kind of very, very exciting. And then uh, looking forward to... 51 through 100 oh episodes God. to see where that takes us. That was very touching. That man sounded like he was getting emotional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just move on with the episode, please. <laughs> Let's get the ball rolling, boys. Well, boys, I'm glad you talked about your favourite moments because what we're going to do first on the podcast, we do have a uh, an ad read coming up for Humble. We're going to dance down memory lane a little bit. Now, I've actually put together the top five RIB moments over our 50 episodes. First, we need to thank our sponsors, Humble Fightwear. 
Humble Fightwear is an Australian jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts, becoming humble snags. Well, over 50 episodes, I have been the most humble man to ever grace the land of podcasts. But uh, look, a bit like myself, love the passion behind this brand and uh, I just love that they support the boys, to be honest. And I also look forward to wearing uh, my humble rashi in the upcoming Snags vs. Stony match, Ooh. which uh, special announcement there. Jesus. And uh, I look forward to ripping your head off as well. But, Sony, talk to me. Where can we find these delicious rashies that you will get submitted in? <laughs> Going off script, I don't think Humble appreciate that, Sugar Snags. Head to their Instagram page and give them a follow or go to www.humblefightwear.com.au and help them spread the good vibes one purchase at a time. And for being amazing runner back listeners, the legends at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off your entire order snags. How do they do that? That's right, baby. Code word RIB15. That's RIB15 at checkout. Tell them the boys sent you. Even better. Tell them snags sent you, baby, because that's where it's at. Deal. Just have to say it. Sorry. Uh, boys, let's. Uh, I think it's a perfect time to jump into the podcast and to kick it off. Like I said to the stat man just before, let's wander down. Memory lane. So I've pieced together five of the top RIB moments. Now, boys, some of them are a little bit hard to find. So some some could say that they're just the five obvious ones. But um, <laughs> we'll, <in> the shadows. <laughs> they're on the floppy disks. But they're all a good laugh. So we're going to count down from five to one. This is number five. I'm doing well. I am a little bit dodgy under this streetlight, but uh, I'm kind of catching a few looks from the people in the houses across the road, but that's okay. And I'm, um, oh, a fucking bird just left <laughs> right next to me. That's good, that's good quality. Well, I'm doing well. Uh, is that good luck? That? It's supposed to be know. good luck. It's, uh, it's like a cookbar. It's like made it literally like half a foot from me and it's just bearing me down. <laughs> I might, I might walk away from the light a little bit, so that's okay. I'm a bit concerned that you said that you're staring into other people's houses. <laughs> uh, well, if I want to catch the light, I've kind of got to stare directly for old couple's house across the road. Let's not get arrested on the, on the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. right. it's, so, it's so hard with the BMF uh, belt on the line to not get hurt, but I'll tell them <laughs> the peeping Tom. So himself. that was that was the peeping Statman. Statman's second show after the live tell, show. As, aside, from, audio. As, aside from uh, getting to interview Paddy Pimplett and aside from getting to do a live podcast with you boys in Melbourne, um, I do have to say that the relationship I've grown with that couple that I was staring in there is probably the most rewarding part. I'm actually on their Christmas card list, so that was lovely. Was I thought you were going to say the kookaburra. Yeah. <laughs> me, me and the cooker, we're, we're old mates now. Uh, also on that show, Statman, remember Statman left the podcast 10 minutes before we finished? Yeah. <laughs> Which was unprofessional. Go. I, was, I was at a mate's birthday party and I left to do the podcast. Well, his, commitments, his commitment's really grown from there. You wanted to get the call back for episode three. It's incredible. incredible. (laughs) Moving a little, uh, maybe a few weeks beyond that one, we went to episode 11. And I think this one might be directed at you, uh, Sugar Snacks. But a few fans have asked for some advice on who to tip and a few had some constructive criticism. Some of that criticism, SG. (laughs) 
Some of that criticism, SG, was directly squared at you. And I have to say, it's valid. By the time the actual card come around, you, you lodge some lofty predictions and then apparently bet against those own predictions. <laughs> completely <laughs> undermining the integrity of the Runner Back podcast. Now over to you, SG. Surely that's not the case. Tell us that's not the case. Sure, that's not true, is it? That's not true, Sean. Come on. It's called a cover bet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Went uh, down to the 76 fold. Fuck it. I actually forgot who I did. <laughs> As I said, this is just an allegation. Rather oh, than Jesus. than judge or jump it's the gun, not an I want to because it's true. I forgot who I did. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all. Oh, it doesn't no. sound like you whatsoever. No, so you haven't improved much from uh, nah, thirty odd episodes after that one. <laughs> Apologies in advance for the next 50. Okay, we're jumping to episode 33 with this one. Another one that features snacks. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome Mr. Finland to the picks because Snags has taken him, you know what, and I'm going to take round two submission, boys, Edicon to choke for Snags, okay? Yeah, shake your head, that man, but when it comes to fruition, which I've said that we're three times on this podcast I said it wrong tonight. three times too, it's fruition. No, I've said it wrong once, fruition. It's fruition. That's fruition. Right <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what we should make a segment of. Snags' is dictionary. <laughs> I've got a couple Fruition. of riffers. What's it called again? Fruition. Fruition. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a real word, to be honest. Snags is going to take <laughs> Mr. Finland to come up with some fruition of an anaconda joke in round two. Get it, son? I've said fruition three times. <laughs> That's fruition. You should have corrected him about three no, segments ago. I didn't think that he'd keep saying it. <laughs> this is like the time I said several. How am I paid this often, much money to do a job that I do? Seriously, I'm going to know the English language. Thought <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Oh, do you know when I was younger, I used to say Pacific instead of specific. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Oh my oh. god, it's still funny. That was all the sagas of my words in one in oh. one segment. <laughs> Look, I actually like the idea of Snags Addiction. I think I'm gonna bring that into the next book. I got a couple. Yeah, the several moment in there was good where we had to explain to you what several meant. I honestly for a you while thought I thought it meant seven. seven. You just, just thought that the word, word several seven. was seven. Yeah, could have been. Who knows? Uh, one one of the funny ones, DL, but every good segment needs a good dance partner and Statman was tremendous. He was well done. Yeah. Oh, you good were gold. Sound like you were needed a buddy puffer. Oh, I, 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 I was dying because like I had to say something the third time you said it because I was like, he's not going to keep saying this word that he's never used before clearly. Because didn't we have, didn't we have, well, a, I have. I've just, didn't I've we just have a guest on? Didn't we have a guest on that show? And he said it during the interview as well. That probably wouldn't surprise me. Oh my God, that's too funny. Let's go international with number two. What was your, what was your first training session like? Sad. First, I uh, went in and done a went and done a kids class, and then I stayed and done the adults classes. It was funny though, to be fair, because there was a woman in there, a young woman from Brazil who uh, was over for uni, and it was my first ever striking session. Know what I mean? And, and she battered me. Yeah. <laughs> like hitting me with spinning back kicks as hard as she could. Know what I mean? Proper whacking me. Never forget it. At one point, there was three coaches stood behind the desk. <laughs> 
and she's proper spinning back fist at me right in the face in front of them and they've all went ooh it's <laughs> <laughs> a blow to the confidence of a 15 year old boy yeah don't worry though a few weeks later when I knew what I was doing I fucking punched her head in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that was in a class we don't condone violence so uh, that was in Patty uh, that was Patty Pimblett uh, yet to get his USC debut but he is signed to the USC looking now so we're looking, looking forward, forward to, that. to it yeah. Yeah. yeah JVH actually called didn't he call out Patty Pimblett on our show on the live no, show no that was Jenkins was it Nah, I think it was JBH. Nah, it's it? got to be Jack. Oh. It was, was Jack. it Jenkins. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jack. Yeah, it Jack, was Jenkins. Yeah, it was Jack. Yeah. Well, brings us to the number one, and that's why I bring up the boys because slipping into that number one spot is our lads. Okay, get around it. Yeah, um, my young friend Jack Jenkins and I had a little <laughs> bit of a tussle, uh, but Jack's a professional, you know, it was, it was never going to be a situation where it was like any, anyone had to worry. I think Cam jumped up a little bit and ran over, thought something was going on, but yeah. yeah, he was nice enough to tell me what he thought honestly of my performance, I appreciate that, I, I yeah. didn't want to be sugarcoat it, yep. yeah, so um, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know, he's got a big fight lined up, it'd be a fight that I'd like to have. Oh, hello. The man himself. Oh, okay. the mayor of Bacchus Marsh is here. Who would have thought it? Nearly feels set up here. but <laughs> We wouldn't have thought I'm going to hand the mic over. And uh, Jackie Jenkins. Mate, it's real fucking simple. Say it how it is. Don't talk shit on Instagram. Don't talk shit on Facebook. That performance was fucking shit. Yeah? Don't fucking talk about us on Facebook. That's simple. But I don't talk about you on you Facebook. You fucking do. You fucking do. You're a compulsive liar. No. You miss weight. You talk shit. You pull out a fight. I, I miss weight once. Fuck off, mate. Once. You're fucking pathetic. <laughs> once. Once. Come back for me, Jacket, later. Once. <laughs> once. Talk to me when you get a win at welterweight, at lightweight. Oh. You fucking jump up to welterweight and you get knocked the fuck out. The last time I checked, I won the submission. Mate, fucking <laughs> trash. That was fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> it still makes me feel funny. Yeah. It still gives me like sweaty palms. Oh, yeah. you know Love the fact it featured in the promo too. And what a dope promo that was. Oh, yeah. oh, no, oh yeah. I'm so disappointed in that fighting. Do you know, I'm, you boys know I'm a big, uh, big Bacchus Marsh, the mayor of Bacchus Marsh fam. Oh, that, that exchange, JVH kind of went up a little bit in the boys book, I think as well. <laughs> and mate, I was hyped up for that fight. I think it would be one of biggest, Australia's biggest fight. Uh, from an eternal perspective and, oh, fuck, well, I hope we get it, boys. Gonna, I, I still remember seeing Statman's face when that <laughs> yeah. was happening and he was like a three-year-old child I, that was like dropped his crayons and felt like he just dobbed someone else in. And was I felt unwell. I felt, I felt genuinely unwell. And um, I think when, um, when Jack left the room, I patted him on the back in like the most passive uh, childlike <laughs> way and all I could remember was like, that dude is so fucking built. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, we would have been able to do nothing if that turned violent. Like it was literally nothing we could have done at no, all. Boys, boys are all business. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I was feeling that. very confident. There was five stripes between the podcast and, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it was quite funny because I was thinking it was quite humorous, uh, sort of a jump back to the WWE uh, promo days. I looked at Snags and he was absolutely drinking it up and then I looked at Statman and that made me start to worry, like maybe we're not as in control as what we thought here, boys. <laughs> my stripes started dropping off my head quite right. I just falling off. Snags was looking at it he's like, oh, I could snatch an anaconda here, I'm sure. No, I wasn't. I was like, oh. How do I get under the table? <laughs> what a part of the potty. 
Yeah, it's great. So fifty episodes. Uh, there's a lot more highlights in there, but um, you know, they're the they're the five good ones that yeah, I found. I uh, say this. Browsing <laughs> through yesterday. <laughs> there's several great ones. <laughs> several great ones. So there's seven in total. <laughs> yeah, there's only, only seven. Oh, well, boys, uh, we'll go from another super serious subject to another super serious subject, <laughs> and we might jump into a little yeah. rib family feud. Oh yeah, boys! Welcome, welcome back, mate. Snags has been Snags has been looking all over the globe, I guess, to uh, get us some absolute crazy answers for this game. I think last time we played this was with the Marsh Boys, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I'll put on my Steve Harvey moustache. Oh, like this bad boy, boys, for the viewers that are watching on YouTube. Here we are. Uh, so, boys, uh, we're going to play a round of Snags Family Feud, uh, RLB Boys Edition only. So we've got three buzzers this week. I don't need to explain the rules, gentlemen. Please don't make me. Uh, DL, we might go for you uh, buttons because you pressed the buttons. Yep. Oh, buttons. That's my... Yeah. All right. Yep. Buttons. <laughs> yep. Craig Ross will go bubbles for you because I know you love playing with bubbles on the weekend. He's absolutely right. How does he know that? That's weird, but bubbles. Yeah, yeah that's your that's your pet fucking rabbit, isn't that's it? That's weird. And then uh, Stoney will go for you, my friend. Uh, Anaconda joke. Because <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to get you with in a couple of weeks when we grapple for the Battle of the Beach. It's still going to be a beach? It's still going to be a beach? Gold Coast. Yeah, we're going to Goldie. Okay. Stoney, you got that? Anaconda. Anaconda. Done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't hold on to that anaconda as you answer these, mate. Okay, so surveyed 100 people across uh, the globe about this uh, specific answer towards the boys. I've kept it MMA related to keep it part of the potty. Steve Harvey talking. Uh, boys, buzz in when you're ready. Served out 100 people in the top 10 answers of what is the most painful submissions in MMA? Button. Bubbles. Oh, we're going to get bubbles went first. Sorry, Dale. Fucking doubt it. Must have been a delay. <laughs> bubbles? Craig Ross, that man? I took a drink between the time that he said bubbles. Kneebar. Kneebar. Ding, ding, ding. Kneebar is on the list. Um, we'll go to DL next to see if he can supersede bubbles. Uh, I'm going to say a heel hook. Oh, he hook is on the list too. It's actually above Neva, one above. <laughs> Sucked in uh, bubbles. Stony, got a chance to take this home and choose if you play or pass, my friend. Yeah, going to go a, tra- a traditional sharpshooter. Made famous by Bret Hart. <laughs> oh, sorry, boys. My video was not paused. It was wow. not stuttering. I was just absolutely shocked at that terrible answer. <laughs> Almost as terrible as my moustache. So, Dale, you get to choose whether you pass or play, my friend. I'm going to play. You're going to play. Yep. Okay, roll roll the music. Oh, you want music? Why we do it? No, nah, no, you don't need okay, music. Cool. I was only joking. <laughs> so, uh, heel hook was number three, boys. Knee bar was number four. Dale, you've got eight more to get. Okay. You need two to win. Okay. Oh, we'll, Hit me. We'll start with an obvious one, armbar. Armbar is not on the list. <laughs> I that, said that was most actually my painful one. submissions, <laughs> not submissions, Depends most painful. Depends if, if uh, Ronda Rousey's doing it to you, I guess. I will. I didn't say Ronda Rousey's most painful submissions. I just said in general, okay? Is an armbar not a submission, not a form of submission? It's a no, submission, it's a submission. But it's not a most painful It's pretty painful. Yeah. <laughs> what, have you got armbar before? Oh, what I do at home is none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, mate, not on the list. You've got uh, one more chance before it goes to Statman. Oh, God, that was all I had. Uh, neck crank. Neck crank is not on the list. Apologies. Statman, you need to get two to win. Um, Kimura. Kimura is on the list. Ding, ding, ding. It's actually come in at number one. Ooh. Ooh, oh, shit. Really? You want to get actual survey, boys? This is an I just survey. watched um, the replay of Frank Mir breaking Big Nog's arm with that rolling Kimura. It was horrible. Yeah, it freaks me out what you do on a Friday night. But anyway, next question. <laughs> I mean, next answer. <laughs> Same question. Next answer. Uh, this one is very, very painful. Go, go, Plata. Joker Potter is on the list, number 10. Ooh. I mean, Statman takes it. Does he need three? Oh, yes. We'll just go one more for fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> to keep stoning um, you go. I don't make the rule. I mean, okay, you make sorry. the rules. I follow them. Calf Slicer. <laughs> oh, Calf Slicer is number six. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Stoney, well don't get a show in, mate. Your sharpshooter was gone. You're probably going to say angle lock next one. But uh, Boston we crab. had <laughs> number, <laughs> number 10, Go-Go Plata. Number nine is a Ninja Choke. Ninja Choke. Uh, number eight, my famous move, the wrist lock. Number seven, Statman, Peruvian Necktie. I remember you brought that up a couple of episodes Yep, a couple of episodes ago. Number six, calf slicer. Number five, omlopata. Omlopata, I can't even say it today. Number four, knee bar. Number three, heel hook. Number two, surprise, another boy said twister. And number one, obviously, Kimura. So big well done to, to the Statman, the winner of episode 50 in this week's RB Family Feud. Thanks for coming, boys. Pat this moustache and I'll see you later. No, I'm going to stay for the rest of the party. Sorry. Did you say Pat this moustache? <laughs> yeah. That's creepy. I think that takes stats to outright leader, doesn't it? No, because he was no. minus one. Because oh, I thought that was the time he was he gave. Remember Staggs gave him minus one because he didn't yeah, show cause up? Yeah, because he was away. <laughs> <laughs> he's minus one on the so rundown. Now he's, you're, at, you're at zero. Now he's zero. Stoney's still in the lead. Stoney's still in the lead. I'm yeah. still, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Stoney at the back of Smash Boys, one all. <laughs> well, boys, what we might do is jump into a bit of a leaderboard update. Not not much has changed actually. We had um three cards during the times that we've been off. We did Eternal fifty nine at the live show. We did UFC two sixty two picks at the live show, and then we did an off air picks as well for UFC Vegas. Statman, you've got the results there for some of those yeah. fights that we picked there. We might we might run through some of those results. Yeah, Eternal fifty nine was first up. We uh, had Justin Van Heerden defeated Michael Barber by, by unanimous decision. Khan Olfie defeated Rod Costa by unanimous decision. Kevin Doucette defeated Saeed Fadahifa by majority decision. And then in the main event for the Eternal MMA Bantamweight Championship, Sean Etchell defeated Sam Hibbard by unanimous decision. And across the Eternal 59, I had three. Snags got three. Statman with the two. He went against the pack for one of them, which was uh, bold. I went Saeed Fadahifa and he got suplexed all over the place. There he goes. <laughs> and Stoney got three as well. Statman, you'll see 262. UFC 262, we, we picked three fights for that one. Um, Caitlin Chukagian defeated Vivian Arujo by unanimous decision. Benil Dariush defeated Tony Ferguson by unanimous decision. And Charles Dobronx Oliveira defeated Michael Chandler by TKO in the second round. Uh, DL got two. Sorry, talk myself in the third person. Very snags like. <laughs> I got two. Snags got one. Uh, oh, Statman three and gross. Stony three. So a bit of a rough card for, uh, for snags there. UFC Vegas 27, our last one to round out our three cards. Perfect. We uh, we picked three fights there. Um, Jared Vanderaar defeated Justin Tuffer by unanimous decision. 
Carla Esparza defeated Yan Zhang via TKO in the second round. And Rob Font defeated Cody Garbrandt by unanimous decision. Well, that rounds it out. Uh, I finished on 23, so I'm still sitting at fourth. Stoney, not too far away from me, 25 and third. Top has got tight. So Snags and Statman. Statman, 26. Snags, 28. So I think it was three or four before that. I gained one, I gained one on them. Yeah, you gained one on them. So, so did Stoney. Uh, yep. So the boys are starting to chase him down. But Snags, still our champion. Well done. Thanks, boys. You ever heard of the uh, long-distance runner Mo Keeper? I think his name is. I don't know his name, but that's me. Boys, go on the distance, baby. You won't catch me. You boys can try to mow me down as much as you like. But uh, this engine is the engine that keeps ticking, okay? Statman, look him in the eyes. Yeah, that's right, baby. I let the dogs out, and I'll continue <laughs> to do it every single fortnight, okay? Championships coming home, boys. Stoney, send that tiny little belt over in the mail. You only need a little satchel. <laughs> it's $2.50 postage charge. <laughs> oh, Might change my walkout music next fortnight, boys. Got one in mind. Who let the dogs out? Killing it. I love it, boys. Well done. There's a couple of talking points that came out of those cards, but we're going to concentrate a little bit more on the UFC with this one. First talking point from those cards is Charles Oliveira. Now, how do we feel he's going to stack up against a Poirier, a Gaethje, or a McGregor? Uh, honestly, I think that I think that any one of those will give him a tough fight. I think Charles Oliveira uh, offensively is incredibly sound, both standing and on the ground. I just don't know if he has the the durability, and and we we always talk about his durability and and his and his collapse under pressure, which doesn't seem to be a factor anymore, but. Poirier, Gaethje, McGregor, they all three of them bring a different level of attack against him. I could see um, Oliveira winning all three of those fights. I could see him losing to all three of them. It's it's such an exciting time for the lightweight division. Yeah, for sure. I think Statman hit the nail on the head with the comment that we'd never seen Charles Oliveira come back from true adversity in a fight. This, At least it was the first time that I'd seen it, and that was a big question mark. When, when he does get rocked or when he looks sort of down and out in a fight, how's he going to recover? And that fight with uh, Chandler answered a lot of questions. I, I can see him being super competitive in all those fights and, yeah, just can't wait to see what's next. Obviously, we've got the McGregor Poirier, but then beyond that, cannot wait to see what happens with that division deal. I love, I love that... Uh Statman done the snags answer. I could see him beating all three and I could also see him losing all three, boys. <laughs> snags, ditto that comment. I think once we see the Poirier McGregor fight, we'll, we'll kind of have a little bit more of an idea where that all sits. The thing that actually out of all this, I know it's not, he's not one of the person we're talking about, but the Tony Ferguson element of this, he's really dropped off. No one's talking about a matchup with Tony Ferguson anymore. As Tony Ferguson does, is still trying to make himself really, really relevant. He's, um... He's he's getting up there. I think he's thirty eight or thirty nine now. Uh, hasn't had, hasn't looked the same since the Gaethje fight. Um, and even before that, he was he was taking on board a lot of damage. Um, I don't see we. I, I don't think that we see um, Tony Ferguson regain regain the heights again. I'd see him maybe fighting a fifteen, uh, like an eleven through fifteen opponent, um, and then kind of making the decision then on the rest of his career. But. It does seem like he's a bit of a different fighter now than he was earlier in his career. Um, some of the blows that he was hit with and seemed to be confused by, he would have shrugged off. Um, he would have shrugged off five years ago. Bit sad, but that's that's MMA. 
Yeah, I certainly think the time for a title run's passed him by DL, but one fight I would be absolutely down to see would be uh, pending the outcome of Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz, should Nate go down, which as the odds makers do predict, would love to see Nate Diaz and Tony, uh, Tony Ferguson match. I think that would get everyone quite aroused. Uh, I think that's all that Tony's got left is a, a Nate Diaz fight, maybe a Conor McGregor fight if Conor drops to uh, Dustin Poirier. Um, so he might have one big relevant fight left, but in terms of the title, I, I can't see him ever being relevant in that chase again. I would like to see him go to the moon. Thanks, thanks. Um, I actually watching the uh, the tough launch party was on ESPN tonight. For obviously for the Ortega Volkanovski tough series, it starts on Wednesday night. I think it's nine thirty on ESPN. So I think this podcast lands around that time as well. So you can get a listen to the potty and um, get your tough watch on as well. But it's had a launch party on, and they went through different elements of, of tough and and one of it was Tony Ferguson and he with that up kick to get the win it was beautiful and I'm just like and, and he was such an angry man in the house like he really really interrogated sorry not interrogated we did terrorized that. Antagonized. terrorized antagonized yeah. intimidated in, I would have he was, he was several times yeah for for like he was pretty quiet and then uh, then that he had that one very very intense outburst mm. um yeah yeah. What I'm looking forward to Craig Jones on my TV screen. I fucking love that man. <laughs> Have signed up to his OnlyFans as well. Have you? Yeah. Is that is that to get special. a few little tips in there for uh for oh, the study versus the tips? But yeah, you know, I'm just trying to you know support a fellow only person. Yeah, you know, we got some only snags. So I thought I thought it was so that um so that when Mrs. Snags asks why uh there's an OnlyFans, you could be like, nah, it's Craig Jones. It's all Craig Jones, baby. <laughs> Craig Jones, baby, that's it. Why is it forty five bucks a month, Snags? <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, diamond edition <laughs> comes out on different days as well. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, boys, another talking point uh, jumped up in our socials uh, last week as well. Carla Esparza, Whaley Jang, Rose Namanunas. Where do we all sit with that one? I think instant rematches for title fights, um, even when a champion is the one that loses the fight, should only really be reserved for fights where the title was it maybe lost uh, in an unemphatic fashion, or if the title if the champion was a long term champion. Um, I love Wei Li Zhang. I think Wei Li Zhang is perhaps uh, probably going to wear the gold again in the future. But she was she defended the belt once, um, and she was knocked out in in the either the first or the second round. So I, I think the Wei Li Zhang should maybe take a little bit of time to recover, maybe rematch Joanna Gedrecek, um for the next challenge. We've got Carla Espaza. She's on a six fight winning streak. Yeah. She's ready for that fight against Rose Namajunas. Um, the fought before, um, I'm very, very keen for that rematch. And I never thought I would have said that for um, Carla Esparza back in the title picture five years ago. Um, but here we are. Another uh, another tough moment there, yeah? Yeah. That was, that yeah. was That's where that was, yep. Yeah, she claimed the strawweight title um, and then Joanna Yedrecek batted, yep. batted her um, mm. to take it off her. But... Who was Joanna? Who was the coach against Joanna that year? Was it Claudia? Claudia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. season. A lot, a lot of back and forth on on that one. But, yeah, uh, as uh, Statman said, there, there was a period in time where Carla Esparza, I think she lost four fights in three years or something, and it was to all the, the, the top contenders in the division. And I, I just put a line through her, and I've never really Same. paid any attention to her until just now. So uh, it actually surprises me we're talking about her in the context of a title shot, but you, you can't argue when you look at the win streak, uh, she certainly earned it. My knowledge for older women's MMA is not real great, but was that at a different weight class? Uh, Carla, Carla's losses, yeah, all, all at all at straw weight. Oh, wow. um, so she was she she was dominant in um uh, in Victor. She beat um 
friend of the podcast, Beck Rawlings, um, <laughs> and um, took the title. She won the inaugural strawweight title. Don't know if she's uh, a friend then of the podcast. She lost, I think. <laughs> She's never been on the potty ocean. I know. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Um, she, I think she lost like seven, uh, four fights in seven um, oh, and shit. and then she's on she's on a tear since then. Also worth noting, boys, just before we move on, has a win over Rose Namanunas. So that's, uh, that adds a little bit into the history of um, Carla Esparza also. And Beck Rawlings, can you answer uh, Statman's DMs to get you on the potty? Beat Rose Namanunas to win the title. So it'd be a very, very interesting uh, rematch there. Boys, it hurts me to talk about this next one. Cody Garbrandt, does he ever get another top five win? Cannot see it, DL. Cannot see it. I, I thought he, he had to win that one against Rob Font. It was always going to be a challenge, but he, he just never looked likely for him. I, I think the time has passed, which is unfortunate because we had a lot of lot of fun over the journey uh, with Cody with the ups and downs, actually mostly downs when you think back to it. It was really only the Dom <laughs> Cruise moment. That, that Dom uh, Cruise fight was a huge up though. It that was, was a huge up. incredible win. And, and that, I think back to all the times I've actually won good money on the UFC and that was one of them. So that will stick with me forever. Thank you, Cody. But cannot see anywhere from here how he gets back in that title picture deal. Statman. Pity Arn said it like uh, it wasn't his fighting style that that necessarily dictated his decline. It was just, it was just his skills weren't well-rounded enough, which is insane. I don't know. I, I saw a chatter on, on various forums saying that Cody Garbrandt's peak in his career was just alpha male training him to be the perfect Dominic Cruz killing machine because Dominic Cruz had run roughshed over alpha male for many, many years. And then once his mission was complete, he just fell apart. Um, <laughs> he will always, he will literally always have that Dominic, uh, that Dom Cruz fight. Um, Cause it's about as, about as perfect a fight any fighter has ever fought. Um, it's just a shame that the rest of his career, and he's, he's still quite young, but he will not, get another top five win, I don't believe. And just quickly, in terms of the all-time great backfires in trash-talking, Statman, I know you'll love this one. Uh, given the history between Team Alpha Male and Dom Cruz and Cody had the audacity to say, who have you actually beaten? And <laughs> yeah. Dom responded, you're literally your whole team. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold. Um, yeah, Cody Garbrandt was uh, the, 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 the world leader in accidentally putting his foot in it. I remember he accused TJ, uh, TJ Dillashaw of teaching all the guys at Alpha Male how to dope. And he's like, you're just, you're calling out your entire team as dopers. What are you doing? Not a smart bloke, but a good fighter. All right, boys, let's jump into our fight picks for episode number 50. And it wouldn't be right if we didn't touch on the fight card for this week locally, Eternal 60 in Perth. Statman, let's go. We wish it was a little bit more local. Uh, I know that DL and Snags are sadly unpacking their bags. They're shaking their heads at me now, but that's okay. Uh, we head to Perth for the co-main event. Uh, Eternal MMA flyweight champ, Steve Ersig versus Cody Haddon. Cody Haddon may only be 2-0 as a pro, but he merges that with a four-fight run as an amateur all six fights ending before the final bell. Ersig similar has a dynamic finishing game with five of his six wins coming by stoppage. Snags first because he's in first place. Is that right? Thanks for confirming. Uh, Boys, hard one to pick in the sense of you've got a a champ of another division popping into bantamweight, but I'm going to go with my boy Cody Haddon. Uh, I think 
What is he now? Six and O, both amateur and pro. Love his training regime. Me and him, fellow CrossFitters. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably throw some tin around together at some point. And uh, I think it's going to be an exciting <laughs> fight. Um, and I hope he gets it done. No, not hope. He will get it done. Haddon for the W for Snags, boys. Is that your biggest regret not going to Perth? Because Cody Haddon oh, invited you no. to CrossFit. I wouldn't have got over there in time anyway. Yeah. We're going to try to tee up a, a CrossFit session. Would have been Tuesday. It would have been today. Oh, man, I would have taken my shirt off even warmer. <laughs> content. Imagine the content. I'm looking at this one as a as essentially a title eliminator to to go after the newly crowned champion, Sean Etchell. And I think I think that Steve Ertig um, brings with him a champion acumen. Uh, he's been flipping between flyweight and bantamweight his entire career. So that was my my main concern was going to be the size difference because Haddon is a born and bred bantamweight. Um, but I think that the experience and the championship experience that Steve Ertig brings to this fight will be the deciding factor and he should take this one. Now, DL, is that true? Uh, did Cody really invite Snags to, to go CrossFit training? The invite was an open invite to, right. the, to the crew. Yeah, you, and hey, you I, can come. I definitely you wasn't wanna, going you to come. I definitely wasn't going to CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit. Any friend of Snags is an enemy of mine. So on that <laughs> that uh, basis alone, Ersig for me. Uh, what he did to Shannon Ross was next level. So if he touches Cody, and I think he will, uh, I think he'll have a lot of success on the feet and then sub him. So I think, uh, yeah, fairly early submission, round one or two submission. That was a good fight too. Yeah. I like what Statman said, actually. I never thought of it like a, a title eliminator. I love that idea. I think maybe a little bit early in Haddon's career to get that, but I actually think that he's got the the energy to actually take it up to Ursich. Oh, do I see it going early? I think I do. I think I see this, this finishing early. I think Haddon's pressure is relentless, uh, and I think he might get him in the first. So I might Can't go. Good I know we're not doing finishes, but are we doing finishes? Take no, not for the eternal boys. What if there's ever been an eternal double champ if Statman's prediction is right and Astro Boy goes through? There hasn't. No, I I asked him here about it if he was uh if he was maybe thinking about capturing the 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 bantamweight title and then dropping down to flyweight and he was pretty adamant that nah bantamweight's where he finishes. (laughs) (laughs) Bantamweight's the end of the line for him. Oh, it should be a good fight, boys. Perfect. Move on to the main event. We've got Rod Costa versus Justin Van Heerden in the featherweight division. After taking a hiatus of over five years between his second and third fight, Rod Costa has fought, on average, every 47 days since returning in mid-2020. Damn. Oh, shit. That makes me nervous. That just just passed me by. Say that again, Statman. He's fought, on average, every 47 days since he returned mid-2020 after a five-year gap between his second and third fight. I love that. Yeah, big. Uh, He's fought fought on consecutive months. This will be a fight on consecutive months. Um, He fought on the Melbourne card. And then uh, he's he's three and two at the moment. He lost his first two fights, had a break for five years, and has come back. One three, sorry, he'd be three and three because he lost on uh, at Melbourne. So he's three and three. Jesus now. Christ! Um, look, I want the fight that Australian fans want to see, which is the Mayor of Bacchus Marsh, Jack Jenkins versus JVH, baby. Okay, look, I don't. I'm actually disappointed. I'm talking about a different fight. And I'm actually disappointed. I'm still in Melbourne, so I'm going to go JVH. I reckon he's going to get it done, and then it's going to set us up for uh, the biggest fight in Australian MMA, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that drip afterwards as well. And uh, look, praying for the win, praying for uh, Jenkins, JVH in Melbourne pretty soon, Cam Ben 
Answer snags prayers, baby. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Rod Costa, he he lost to he lost to Khan uh, Olfi uh, in the Melbourne card, which is not a bad loss. Um, Khan Olfi is uh, a developing fighter in the in the division. Um, I I would have thought, and the the vibe I got from Jack Jenkins was that, yeah, I'll give I'll give Justin Van Heerden a fight. Not that he deserves it, but I'll fuck it, I'll fight him because I don't think that he's any good. Um, I got the vibe that Jack Jenkins was like, fuck, this dude is not worth my time. A win over Rod Costa does get Van Heerden up to that. He's he's got the he's got the record at that point. He's got the win streak at that point. Um, and and maybe he puts on a performance that uh, maybe gets the the nod of approval from Jack Jenkins. I'm going I'm going Justin Van Heerden in this one. I think his wrestling game's too high pressure. I think that his 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 relentlessness in his uh, takedowns and his striking, um, he should take this one uh, and then hopefully set himself up for a title fight. Yeah, no, hard to disagree with any of that. Uh DL, I think contrary to popular opinion in Bacchus Marsh, was it that terrible of a fight? Uh, he was never really in any significant trouble in Melbourne. I'm obviously referring to JVH. Uh, got got in, got the job done, got out, well played. This fight definitely presents a big challenge, as the stat man said. Uh, Costa went down in Melbourne, so he'll be looking to bounce back in front of a home crowd over in Perth. And he presents a big challenge, very accomplished in jiu-jitsu, uh, claimed the silver at the Worlds in 2016, making him the most successful Australian in the history of the sport at that time. I assume that's still the case. Uh, but in terms of my prediction, DL. Did you say what the rod is cooking? I forgot to <laughs> That was a moment of comic genius that I presented to you on a platter day. <laughs> what the rod? Is that supposed to be Rod Costa? Give no. me go away. What the Bock is cooking. He's through tanging and get ready for the final later here tonight live. Oh. I forgot to, leave the, I forgot to leave the sample of his name in there. Oh, I was under so the pump. Oh, dear. I did, I did it just before the If you smell started. what the Bock is cooking. That's right, boys, because I was going to say I smell what the Bock is cooking, DL. He's cooking up another win. Uh, and as Sugar Snag said, he'll then go on to, to take the fight that the entire Australian MMA community is waiting for. Jack V, JVH, rumours swirling, Melbourne, August 2021. Uh, and, boy, will that one divide the pot. Uh, cannot wait. The most anticipated fight in the history of eternal MMA. But it only works, Justin, if you get the win over in Perth. So we're all, all rooting for you on this one, buddy. Uh, I think he does take it. I think he'll have success on the feet and then control position when he's on the ground. Uh, I would like – I know we're not doing predictions, DL, but I'm going to say this could be the first TKO in Justin's professional career. Ooh, okay. So he, cool. his wins to this point have all been submission or decision, but I think we see him have a little bit of success on the feet and don't be surprised if, uh, if he records a TKO victory in this one. I just want to make a public apology to Justin. <laughs> I know he listens to the show and he's going to see, hear me butcher that because, you know. Bork. <laughs> That's good. I enjoyed it. God. All right. Anyway, uh, look, saying that I would have taken Jack against JVH, but I'm taking JVH against the BJJ Black Belt and Costa. But I've got two concerns though. So Costa is high level, high level BJJ. So I'm worried if he takes JVH down, it probably goes the other way. I know JVH is pretty confident that Costa won't get anywhere near him. 
And JVH is building himself up not only as a fighter that is competing for belts locally, but I think he's starting to think about contract fighting internationally as well. So I love his attitude around it. I just hope the pressure he puts on himself isn't too much. And just just being around him for like 30 minutes last time, I don't think it is. So I think he might Very get a- Very chill fella. Yeah, Very I think chill. he might get a, a second round TKO and uh, don that romper. Boys, boys, just think of this. I've just thought of this, right? It's in big lights. The fight Australia wants to see the mayor of Bacchus Marsh versus the president of the drip. <laughs> I love it. I love it's it. <laughs> Sign me up. Maybe we oh, could start Jesus. a rebel. Maybe we could start a rebel league. Yeah, that's the next oh, promotion. Snags is next. Snags is next character. The president of the drip. All right, boys. Well, that rounds out the Eternal 60 picks. We do have a little special UFC 263 before we jump into Stoney's Tool of the Week. Um, no picks on this one, boys. But, oh, really? Oh, I know. But, but proceed. Statman, what fight are we looking at on UFC 263? It's the lightweight bout between Drew Dober and Brad Riddell. Brad Riddell's first MMA fight was by accident. Uh, So he went to Burma, now Myanmar, to fight in what he was told was a Muay Thai fight with MMA gloves until an hour before the fight when the officials were going over the rules relating to takedowns. Uh, Riddell was very, very confused and apparently his dodgy coach had signed him up for an MMA fight without telling him. Uh, Riddell (laughs) wouldn't return to the sport for another three years after the event. (laughs) He got the win, so... That's funny, as Well, boys, we're dubbing this the Pacific Cup. The challenge has gone out to our friends in the States, Punchlist MMA, our good friends Dale and Trey. We're all in on Brad Riddell. All in. All in on Brad 100%. Riddell. They are big Drew Dober fans and they've got Drew Dober on their show this week. Uh, so they're going to talk to the man, give him a bit of a pump up. Challenge is a crossover podcast with the lads and we're bringing our own version of Hot Ones. So we're actually going to uh, the loser is going to eat hot wings and they're going to get gradually mm. hotter as the questions come. But hopefully uh, it won't be one of us doing that and it'll be the boys over in the uh, in the States taking that challenge on. So that's our challenge. We're calling that the Pacific Cup and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Do like it a lot. Brad Riddell, if I can get after it some because I hate Please. spicy food. <laughs> I'm the whitest boy in the world. <laughs> you are so white. Look at you. So, I can't so see white. your head to your background. <laughs> I get. I asked for the my uh, satay it. chicken to go be mild, and it's still burns my mouth. I can. See, you're like Casper. I can only see your, your headphones like waving around everywhere. Oh, there he is. Absolutely, oh, boys. We've got a secret weapon on this team. Uh, Stoney's not bad with the hot food. Yeah, don't mind oh, a bit of spice. Thank fuck. Now, boys, I think it's time for a little bit of. Always good to have a bit of Tool of the Week DL, my favourite part of the podcast because I get to out some absolute mushrooms from Twitter. Uh, And this week's no exception, but before we get into it, uh, Statman, without any shadow of a doubt, the most respected MMA opinion on the podcast, I want to get your thoughts, Statman, uh, going back to UFC 189, bit of a banger of a fight before the main event, Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald too. Now, can you just give me your, your take on that? What do you remember of that fight? Mostly the the blood-infused stare down at the end of round four with um, Rory McDonald's nose plastered over his face. Probably one of the best title fights, one of the best welterweight fights ever, one of the best fights ever, and probably the worst thing that's ever happened to Rory McDonald. Uh, but, yeah, just 
all-round one of the best fights of all time. Now, we got that, did we, Dale? That's recorded. One of the all-round best fights of all time. Got it. Now, this is a, an opinion that, that pops up every now and then, and every time I see it, I just cringe a little. So this one's probably a long overdue on the podcast, but shout out to an account, Evil Luke. Uh, Lawler versus McDonald 2 is the most overrated fight of all time. Now, DL, if you've never seen the fight, I'm going to just run run through it and you tell me what your arousal levels would be like, okay? <laughs> okay. So let's just start it off. Uh, UFC gold is on the line. So arousal levels, what, a three or a four? Oh, definitely a three and a half. Uh, younger challenger is looking to avenge a previous loss to this opponent. So there's history, a bit of bad blood, maybe a five or a six. Yeah, I'm pushing a six now. Now the challenger gets cracked in the very first round oh. and breaks his nose. Oh. Absolutely shatters it. Many oh. people think he won't be able to continue, but he does DL. Where are we at, a seven? I've just pushed to an eight. You better hurry up. <laughs> Not only does he continue DL, but after four rounds, he's leading on the judges' scorecards in a title fight. How are we going now? Boys, give me a towel. (laughs) (laughs) See, what if I then told you that in the fifth round, the champ comes back from the dead, not dissimilar to The Undertaker on Rory's War in 1998, lands a fatal blow to retain the championship, and still, in an ending that would rival the best of the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, are you not entertained yet, DL? I'm a sweaty mess, and I think... think (laughs) I pull myself a little bit of <laughs> snacks here. Arousal levels, 500 billion thousand. <laughs> 27,000. Look, boys, when it comes to scoring the fight, it's a perfect 10 in every sense. Now, I don't care if you don't have it as your best ever, but to disrespect that by calling it overrated tells me that the only thing that is overrated on Twitter is people's right to free speech when they've got opinions this bad. Now, if Donald Trump, DL, gets banned for fake news, evil Luke should get banned for shit opinions. But, DL, it gets better. Another account at the Combat Hub slides in and says, not only is it overrated, but there's at least five fights better than it. Five fights, DL. Five fights. Let's just analyse this. As of the weekend, Cody Garbrandt, Rob Font, there's been 564 events across 161 cities in 28 countries. At an average of a dozen or so fights per car DL, we're looking at around 7,000 fights in the history of the UFC. And this bloke, who clearly has mayonnaise for brains, is telling me that because there's five fights better, that all of a sudden Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald is overrated. I'll tell you what, boys, when God was giving out brains, this twit thought he was giving out thick shakes and asked for an extra thick one. And that's why, DL, actually contender for tool of the year. They are terrible takes and I couldn't sit by because that one pops up every now and then and it's not woke, it's not cool, it's not original to say that that fight's overrated. Yeah, really, really grinded me this week, DL. So thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I like it. I think DL got something off his chest. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that made me incredibly uncomfortable, uncomfortable to, to listen to. <laughs> I was wondering why Statman turned off his camera for a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a sweaty mess. <laughs> Just before the pocket, when I run through that in my head, it was a lot less erotic than what it actually <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, actually, yeah. I'm at a 10 now. <laughs> You have to put a warning at the start. I think it was. I think it was DL. You better get this done quick. <laughs> oh, I like it, boys. Oh god. All right, let's oh, move. Oh, let's oh, move shit. back into the picks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 I can't deal with this. 
<laughs> the professionalism of the body is coming in full force. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't believe we got a buddy sponsor on board. Seriously. Not for long. <laughs> Stay humble, boys. Apologies, Luke. Stay humble. Heading back to UFC 263, we've got a welterweight bout between Damian Meyer and Bilal Muhammad. Damian Meyer is the third oldest active UFC fighter, falling short of Alexi Olenek and Marianne Renault by five months, including the four-year gap, uh, excluding the four-year gap between his first fight in 2001 and his second fight in 2004. Damian Meyer has never taken a break of longer than a year until now. Adding into that, 2020 was only the second time since 27, uh, 2007 that Damian Meyer had only competed once in a calendar year, which all tells the story of a slowly aging fighter. Oh, that was very dramatic at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, boys, remember the name. That's right. I'm going to go for our boy Muhammad for the W. I don't think uh, Meyer's going to get this one done. Uh, I think Muhammad's the uh, short price favorite in this one as well. So Snake's going to keep it short and sweet and keep this winning winning theme on point for himself. So Muhammad for Snags. Yeah, uh, Muhammad's coming back from a pretty nasty eye injury in his fight with Leon Edwards, um, a fight that he was pretty comprehensively losing. But I do think that he has a lot of the tools necessary to defeat Damien Meyer. Damien Meyer in his prime. Now, that is a fight that I would love to see against Belal Muhammad. I just don't think he's there anymore. Um, I could see a grappling-heavy approach coming up after Belal Muhammad but I do think that Bilal should have enough to to take this one. Yeah, I wonder, Statman, if we, we it sometimes are just a little hard on someone like Damian Meyer. When you look at his last four losses, we have Jerome Woodley, and this is Championship Woodley, Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, and Gilbert Burns. So you look at it in, in, in recency bias and say he's losing quite a lot of fights, but they're also the absolute you know, top of the echelon that he's going down to. But I'm with you, boys. I think Bilal gets this one done, uh, and I do think Meyer's days are limited, but... Yeah, it's tough to fully ride him out when you look at the the quality that he's been losing to is still very much, with the exception of Woodley, but you've got to take into account when that fight happened. They're all very much still at the top of the the division. So it'll be an interesting one. We talk about a puncher's chance. This is, you know, every time Damian Meyer's in there, he's got the the, the sub chance, which is um, you can never truly count it out. But Bahal Muhammad for me, DL. Uh, Muhammad will want to be relevant quickly again. I, with the Edwards fight falling through or obviously being a being in no contest, uh, that was his chance at having a top five fighter. And now Damien Myers not top – what's he sitting at the moment? What's his rankings? He's not even in the top ten, is he? Twelfth maybe? Ninth. Ninth in the world. Wait, yeah. Sure. So he, he's gone from a top five fighter to a ninth, which is – I mean, that's still above what Muhammad's currently sitting at. So, uh, look, he, he'll want to be quickly relevant again. he want another opportunity to top five fighter. So I think he's going to want it more. Uh, moving on to the, another welterweight belt, we've got Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. This fight will be the first non-title, non-main event to be scheduled for five rounds. So this fight was initially due to be a five-round co-main event, but it was moved due to a minor injury to Diaz. It will likely play a part in ensuring that UFC 263 is one of the absolute longest cards in UFC history. Not only is it scheduled for 14 fights, it has three potential 25-minute fights to cap it off. 
Imagine if everyone just gets TKO'd first round. Could happen. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, boys, what a fight. It's always a hype up to get a Nate Diaz fight. Uh, but I'm going to try not to get trapped in that hype because I would usually back him in. It might come back to bite snags, but I'm going to I'm going to tip Leon Edwards to take this one. Um, I think his form lately has been on the up. I think one of the boys, I think it was Stoney that actually called it to say that he's coming into the echelon of his career and I think a fight against Nate Diaz is awesome for him. And uh, I'm just aroused to see it, to be honest. We hit a double fillet while I watch, but Leon Edwards for the win. What did I say that he's coming into the echelon of his career? That doesn't make sense. I would not have said that to you. <laughs> yeah, so run it yeah, back. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure you said it. <laughs> I've not given um, my prediction. How have I said that? <laughs> Previous podcast, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, mate. No. Got a couple of knocks to the heads from those guillotines. I mean, <laughs> you know, so. Leon Edwards came back from a nearly two-year layoff to uh, to fight below Mohammed, and while the fight was was cut short, I did think that we saw enough of Leon Edwards' game to be reminded that he hasn't lost a step. The same cannot really be said for Nate Diaz, who has been off since his loss to Jorge Masvidal in November 2019. If you look at the if you look at the type of fighter that Nate Diaz typically struggles against, Leon Edwards is it. Uh, he's a true welterweight. And also, he has a grappling-heavy approach. Nate Diaz does outrank him in BJJ, but I do think Leon Edwards should have the vigor to be able to take this one. That's very echelonish of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> DL, there is no science to back this up other than I don't like Leon Edwards and I really like Nate Diaz. Yep. I'm three or four tips back. It's time to just dice. just throw some Hail Marys because I just I want to go. You said that, I, I thought that you said you would only back Leon Edwards from now on. I'm confused. You're making things up, Snags, because I've, I've never said that. Um, <laughs> I think you have. Clearly Craig, you have never. back me up. No, Leon Edwards has only fought once uh, since we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, same it was like yeah but hasn't ago. he dropped out a couple of fights? Several times, yeah. <laughs> Seven times. <laughs> Seven times. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was Hazmat Chemayev that pulled out there. Oh, that's right. Look, Leon, Leon still hasn't convinced me he puts people away, which means I think when uh, Statman says we're going for one of the longest cards in the history, there's a good chance this goes five, five rounds. Uh, I don't think Leon will finish Nate. Uh, I think... Masvidal's got a much better uh, ability to put people away and even, you know, he, he really stitched up Nate um, in that one. I don't think we see the same with Leon. I think if anything, it's going to grind out and be a decision for Leon Edwards, but more of a chance if there's a fluke finish, I think it's more likely to come from Nate Diaz. Uh, so just based on the fact that I'm going to be watching this fight, really want to go for Nate Diaz, DL. Uh, I'm jumping on the boy, Stockton 209, baby. Oh, get it. I do love myself some Nate Diaz. I would I would like to see a Nate Diaz win, but I think this is probably on him. Uh, we have no real history with Nate taking on someone like Edwards, who when you're looking at it, it's a fighter in his prime, even though he's not that active, it's still he Edwards is still considered like in his prime. If you look at the last five years for Nate, what do we got? We've got two Connor fights, a Masvidal fight, and a Pettis fight. For me, it's just not enough. So Edwards, sadly, easily, and it will go under three rounds. Take the unders, boys. Perfect. Heading into the co-main. So, boys, we're picking round and finish for these ones. We've got a flyweight title fight between Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Marino. Figueredo Marino won was the fourth draw in UFC title history. And this fight is the third immediate draw rematch in UFC title history. In the previous two rematches, the person who entered the bout as champion 
left with the belt. Their first fight also broke the record for the most significant strikes landed in a flyweight bout. Look out, Snags is going to go opposite to the significant strikes and no TKO for Snags. I'm going to go Figueredo. How do you say it? Figueredo. <laughs> oh, got it. Look Good at try. that. First go. Yeah. Figueredo. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go in by sub round three. I know we had a draw last time, um, but I don't see it going the distance. And I think he'll, um, he'll pull off a sub to get this win. Not round one, though, like usual. Round three. Yeah, the, the, the fight was was probably closer than I anticipated. Uh, Figueredo got docked a point. I think it was in the third or fourth round for an illegal strike. Um, so he he won the fight on the on the judges' scorecard. Moreno won a lot of respect for me, um, especially seeing how Figueredo absolutely destroyed Joseph Benavidez not once but twice in the year 2020. I do think that Figueredo makes the necessary adjustments to his game. Uh, and I see a third round, a third round KO. Um, Ooh, I was going to go first round sub or third round KO, but I'm going to stick with the third round KO. He he is the most aggressive, most violent fighter in flyweight. Just watch his fights with with um, Joseph Benavides. They're horrifying. The, the second fight was uh, looked like something you'd see on um, e, uh, what was that? What was that website that had all the street fights on it? Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, got shut down. Um, yeah, it was horrifying. Still, Hor- confirm, world still star. Going. World star. Confirm. Still, still up and going. Uh, so, Davison Figueredo by third round KO. Davison Figueredo for me as well, DL. Now, I think the first fight was a lot closer than we anticipated because uh, Figueredo was just running through everybody. And I think he fought in late November and took this last fight in early or mid December. It was a really short turnaround. I think everyone Fastest predicted. ever. Everyone predicted that uh, it would be a first or second round stoppage. Uh, Credit to Brandon Moreno. He made a real scrap of it. That's not going to happen again. I'm actually going back to where I was leading into that fight. I'm going a round one TKO, uh, Figueredo. I thought it was only close because of the back-to-back nature of how the fights were put together for Figueredo. So you got UFC 255 and then went straight to UFC 256. So I don't think having a full camp, a full proper camp, with Brandon on his mind, I think he'll get that done. I think it'll be a second round TK, I think I'll take. And then we've got the main event. It's time! We have the middleweight championship bout between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. Boys, this stat surprised me. Israel Adesanya is a dynamic striker with finishing power, but perhaps surprisingly has the record for the longest average fight time in middleweight history, clocking an average fight time of 15 minutes and 7 seconds. Vittori has the third longest average fight time in middleweight history with 14 minutes and 53 seconds. So Vittori's early career, he counterbalanced two first-round subs in the UFC, with eight decisions, including the last two, which both went the full 25 minutes. Um, so, again, this could be leading into UFC 263 being quite a long one. Look, this is the same as the Jenkins-JVH fight. Everyone wants to see bloody Izzy versus Rob, and they've dished up this to us, which I'm just not even going to get into, okay? Tool of the week, Stoney. Incorrect. You should have gone on this one, baby. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to go the potty favorite, Izzy. Oh, hard one to pick in terms of how this will finish. Um, but Snags is going to go – look, I'm going to put it online. going to go early. I'm going to go round one TKO. I think he's going to get in, get it done quickly. And uh, yeah, 
Hope to see you get done. Boys. To- that's it. Totally. Dis- Bring on the Whitaker fight, boys. Grateful. Bring on the Whitaker fight. Totally. Please. Dis- totally disregarded stat man stats then. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Mate, that's why I'm in the lead because it snags up what he wants, baby. <laughs> well played. Um, they they say that Marvin Vittori's best uh, best showing in the UFC was his loss to Israel Adesanya. It really really put a lot of grit in them. Um, I sh- I shared I shared um, Snags's feelings. I think that um, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. Um, <laughs> the the Rob Whitaker fight is the fight that we want to see. Uh, I don't know if it's Vittori's personality just completely disinteresting to me, but. I'm finding it hard to get hyped for this one. And it's an Israel Adesanya fight, which is very, very surprising. Um, I think Izzy, I, I think they've both grown tremendously as fighters um, since their first meeting. I think Izzy's grown significantly more. Um, so I do see the Israel Adesanya leaving with his hand raised. I happen to see it at the end of 25 minutes. I'm going to take this one by decision. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of significant strikes landed. Um but Izzy with the clear the clear victory. Yeah, not disagreeing there. I think this goes to a decision as well. I think one of the reasons no one gets hyped for Marvin Vittori is one, he doesn't speak very good. Two, all of his fights <laughs> end, in a, in, a, end in a decision. So his last nine fights, eight of them have been a decision. So not not uh, renowned for a highlight reel uh, finish. I, I see this being a very one-sided uh, unanimous decision for Israel Adesanya where, as Statman said, it'll be lopsided in terms of the amount of significant strikes landed. But Vittori, give him credit, he doesn't get put away. And so that's why I, I think this one will go to the cards. Um, but, yeah, really hope that Israel gets up, not only because I don't like Marvin Vittori, but because we want to see that that big fight, hopefully in Melbourne sometime in the next 12 to 24 months. I sort of had a go at Snags before for disregarding Statman stats. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, I kind of need the bonus points. Awkward. <laughs> I need the bonus points. So uh, obviously I'm on Izzy and then I might take – Izzy could light it up. I might take first round TKO. Oh, here we go. Talk to me, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's Send go. me the towel. Let's go. It definitely won't be the 2018 split decision like it was the first time. Can I just say as well, like, I think I think that it's it's easy to come off as like kind of slagging decision fighters or anything like that. And it's sort of like some of my favorite fights of all time have gone to decision. It's just that fight, I think a huge proponent of what makes the sport so exciting is the concept that the fight could end at any moment or anything could happen. If you've got a fighter that very, very consistently goes to those decisions, it almost takes a little bit of that excitement out of the fight. Um, but like decisions can be absolutely but like I think that's a huge thing that that affected Demetrius Johnson's marketability as a as a fighter was oh he doesn't finish fights and he started finishing fights and they sent him to one. Um, so Marvin Vittori, um, he's an entertaining fighter, but you kind of know how his fights are going to go. So I do hope that DL and Snags are both accurate and and this fight does uh, shake up the narrative a little bit. Although I wouldn't be too sad with the decision, so I can get that bonus point and. Take the throne. Maybe maybe we need to see Izzy go someone that's a little bit more toe-to-toe with the trolling kind of element of things. Like there's no build-up to an Izzy yeah. fight because they can't go with him in that in that sense. The Vittori fight, shtick you know, really is he's an that. angry Italian gentleman and that's, well, pretty, Costa, that's pretty much all he's got. Costa, Costa tried, but he just... We're bonjour. Oh, that's French. <laughs> Costa tried, but it just didn't sort of... It, his uh, his insults got weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I remember Whitaker. Whitaker posted a, a single solitary meme of Israel Adesanya, um, and Israel got really upset by it, like like genuinely 
salty about it, which was hilarious to me. So it might be just that Izzy doesn't have the thickest skin in the world. Um, and that could be an avenue that fighters could potentially exploit in the future. Maybe that's why they want the Darren Till fight. Someone that can go verbally. Bit of banter. Toe to toe. Bit of banter. Build the hype. All right, boys. Let's, uh, (laughs) yeah, about Jenkins. (laughs) You'll do anything. You Jenkins manager. Oh, look, boys, I'm not going to say, I'm not going (laughs) to confirm nor deny. I'm the vice vice mayor of Beckers Marsh, though. Sending a featherweight up against the middleweight. Yeah, Yeah, bad champion. Good good decision. We're we're just just after the cash fight, boys. (laughs) Well, boys, that rounds out our picks and episode 50. Let's jump into a little punters club. Well, boys, you don't need me to tell you this, but uh, again, another dry couple of weeks for the podcast. We tried to do a live small bat run on the uh, live potty. That was a bit of a disaster. Couldn't get the timing out. I think we even had a couple other little bets on the go there, but uh, no cash, no cash, Robbo. So we got we got two two small bat wins, and we got done third. Yeah. So let's roll back into our punters club multis. Let's see if we can get off to a positive start for episode fifty. Our $10 invest this week is the Statman. G'day. Come on down. I think I'll kick us off with our leg one. Uh, I'm just going for a pretty simple one. Something that's uh, – it's not paying a lot, but uh, I just find it's a really interesting matchup, and I'm going the NBA playoffs here. I'm actually going to go for a Lakers' son game seven. So all I need, boys, is this series to go to a game seven, and it is square at two apiece. And that's a dollar seventy-two. Boys, while we're waiting, um, let me tell you a little uh, fact. Snags was going to bet on the netball, but you can't bet on netball. Disappointment. Bit of a Melbourne Vixens fan. We won our first game last week. You went to a Vixens <laughs> game? No, I haven't been yet, but they won their first game last week. I'll tell you who I've second team, Dale. North Melbourne Roos is my second team. <laughs> Don't be silly. Go the Roos. We're blue. We're white. We're bloody dynamite. We are the Roos. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at sports, but I can't find this bet. We should uh, should get the runner back to see if we can podcast live from a Vixens game. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, mate. That there goes an intense. Those girls get after it. Kate Maloney, uh, give me a bit of Kate Maloney. Playoff, our playoff series total games. Do you say seven games? Seven dollar seventy two. Dollar seventy two. Got you. Oh yes, we're oh, on. Jesus, we're so back. Put on. me down. Sorry, boys. Me, no, that's right, mate. Starting something a little bit easier for me to find. Mate, very straightforward. Go to the AFL section. Scroll down to Sunday sixth of the sixth. Western Bulldogs to beat Fremantle. One dollar forty. Oh, look out! Lock that in. That's quick. Straight to the easy. point. I love the confidence. Short. I'm going with. Uh, MMA, I'm going with Mr. Finland. He actually got a oh. shout out in the top. He was in the top five. Makwan Emir Kani against Kamula Kirk. I'm going a Makwan Emir Kani by finish, by KO or sub at $2. I, uh, that was he, good. Loves it. he loves a finish. Boy, do you guys, yeah, that was good. Sorry. Uh, hang on a second. Finish. Um, <laughs> I get it. Whoa, oh, yeah. that was fucking excellent. Nice. Is that the same? Yeah, it's the same place. Your section cannot be combined into a multi-bet as they are related or singles only. I wonder which one's singles Futures. Only. Can't do a future, I reckon. Oh, is it me? Series yeah, 7? Yeah, it's your one. It is your <laughs> game center one. All right. Sna- uh, Snags, are you going Origin? Yep. Fuck. I'll just take the Tigers over the Bombers. Dreamtime game. Oh, Dreamtime game. Big game. 
Yeah, but it's in and 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 tigers are who and the bombers are who? Oh, sorry, uh, Essendon over Essendon. Richmond. Richmond over Essendon. Snags, that was going to be our um, that was going to oh, be no, our we're debut. Go to that together. Yeah. Now it's oh, in so Perth. Richmond at a dollar <laughs> Everything's in Perth. Perth, killing they're, us. They're moving it to Perth. Killing. It. Didn't it get moved last year as well? Yeah, COVID. <laughs> COVID again. Fuck in the hub every time. What are so we up Rich, to, Statman? Uh, so we are looking at a multi of four dollars and three. Oh, that's not much. Snag's no. going to boost this bad boy up. Yep. State of Origin, boys, the 9th of June. That is on Wednesday next week when this podcast comes out. I'm going to go uh, New South Wales as I would not back against my own state. And I'm going to go big win, little win, New South Wales at 1 to 12, considering it's in Townsville. So we're in em- enemy territory. Uh, first game has been moved dodgily to the state of Queensland. So two games up there. Uh, but, yeah, I think the boys got a great halves pairing, Cleary, and um, should have forgot his name, Luai. Game uh, one this week? No, nah, game one is next week on the 9th. Okay, yeah. Copy. So, uh, big win, little win, New South Wales, 1 to 12 from $3. Snags. $3, $3 yes, $3. correct. So, what's so our multi up to? Comes to $12. Oh, yeah, get on. I have powered it up to thirteen seventy seven. Oh, what a gentleman. So, a 137, a 76 win. I like that. We got it. Yeah, we'll take Confirmed. That. That'd be the biggest win the boys got. What? No. no we had a huge win. We had a massive win. <laughs> we had like a $500 win. Oh, we did too, sorry. But it's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. Well, boys, that wraps up episode 50. If you like it. Chuck 100 on it, Craig. What a mess. Chuck 100 on it. Please like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast. We have just launched our new website, runitbackpodcast.store. You can grab all our merch there. You can also grab one of our local MMA fighter tees. We've got the Jack Jenkins one up there at the moment. Portions of the profit go directly to the fighter, support them on their journey. That's us for episode 50, boys. I'm producer DL. I am Sugar Snags. I'm Statman. And my name is Tony. And we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast. So 50 in the bank, boys. Who would have thunk it? No one even made a comment about the camera. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.